Lockie, I think you should do, being the uh, aforementioned official host, to introduce our guest. Yeah, I think that that is the uh, the right of the person who's physically present in the studio. So yes, I'll I'll uh, take your lead, take your lead, George, and uh, and it's a uh, yeah, it's it's a delight to to welcome uh, welcome to the show the the chairman of of the double AFC, Nick Galatasa. Welcome to you, Nick. Thanks, Lockie, and uh, thanks, George. And uh, George, good to see you said Leeds is doing very well. I stopped listening after you said that. That's all I got, and now I was happy. <laughs> Hey, listen, uh, young Jesse Marsh, the American, and I'm yeah. not talking Ted Lasso. I'm talking about no, the other American who was who was coaching Red Bulls in uh, in the Bundesliga, yep. uh, and doing such a tremendous job. Just as he's pushing the American profile and showcasing to uh, to others in Britain and beyond. Listen, we we might be Americans, but but it's not all about in in, in NFL and baseball, we mm. actually know football, mm. and he's he's put a finger in that in that um, new uh, you know uh, uh, team that they that platform that they're trying to to showcase at Leeds. They're, they're playing. I thought that game against Chelsea was exhilarating and played in front of their home fans, which you'd know how enthusiastic they are. That was a pulsating performance, mm. and it threatened. It threatened to throw Chelsea right off the rails. In fact, it did. They were more. They looked scared to me. They looked like little little deer in the headlights. Am I am I wrong? No, you're not wrong, George. You're never wrong, but you're not wrong this time in particular. No, no, no I'm always <laughs> but, um, wrong. No, no. But you uh, know no, what I'm look, saying? Uh, um, click smashing into Silver towards the end at three 0 up and putting him on the ground said it all. <laughs> we, we weren't stopping. We were going. So no, I was very excited. Uh, wow. I haven't slept since, but here I am, ready to go. <laughs> now speak to us uh, you haven't you haven't slept since but there have been a number of reasons for that there's been an awful lot of talk you've been in the midst of some of the discussions yep. uh, is the flavor is the tone uh, uh, the, te- the 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 mood of the marketplace and importantly the hierarchy at football australia is are all the players starting to get really enthusiastic about what possibilities lie ahead I think so, George. Um, I, what's been really um, heartening in recent times for me, especially since um, the end of June when uh, I met with FA and they, they briefed me on um, their work to date. And since then, there's been more meetings that Football Australia has had with um, the clubs around the country. Uh, they've had other meetings, of course, with other stakeholders, but we've been in all the meetings with the clubs. has been very, very heartening because... Um, we're all waiting with bated breath to see what work would come out of um, FA. And the work that's come out of FA has been very positive in that it has effectively coincided in almost every way with our work. So that we're uh, very happy with what we've seen. Um, there was a meeting in Victoria, for example, George, with um, that FA came down. James was here too. And to Isaac, who's um, tasked with the work and other members of FA, meeting with the Victorian clubs. It was on a day that um, Man United played victory down here. Uh, we had that meeting in Victoria. There's been meetings since. And it's fair to say that every single club in that room, or just about every club in that room, certainly all of our members, um, were very happy with what they saw and heard. Uh, and we all think around the country we can make this happen. That is, 
you know, some of the most exciting mm. uh, news uh, to come out of the game in, in ages. We've been on air now five years. Yep. Uh, young Lockie um, was, I think, a, a trainee, was one of the original uh, young, young, young broadcasters to come on board. And to think that uh, now he's calling the game, along with Josh Parrish and others, uh, on uh, the 10 network for the Australia Cup uh, tournament is super exciting for us. But it would be even more exciting if we could say to them, listen, there's an A-League 2 coming and you guys will be re- having an opportunity to be regular broadcasters on that as well. Well, well that's, that's uh, That to me is, yeah. is just more exciting than, than um, anyone can imagine. Well, you've touched on another element, and that's, that's the broadcasters, as you say, and it's young people coming through at, at every element of our game. So be it players, yep. coaches, yep. administrators, yep. Uh, other sponsors who might not be, you know, um, A-League sponsors, but other sponsors, people that want to get, of course, broadcasters, callers, journos, bloggers, all sorts of people that populate the, the landscape of football and grow it from below and just, you know, get that, that fire started, which is what we're trying to do. And we think that, you know, I think I've said this from day one, the principal beneficiary of this will be the A-League because it will then have a larger base below to, you know, to, to grow it. And, of course, other clubs will come out of that as well. And that, that's the aim, so that we all grow rather than just focus it narrow and in, or in a narrow, narrowly, I should say, focus it widely and broadly and let us grow. So that's, that's um, a positive. And I, and I should say, and I call out here, if I may, um, George, given that we had the announcement today that um, the Football, Football Australia has reappointed James or extended James's contract, I should say, uh, for another couple of years till the end of 24, uh, which I think is a great move. And I should say that it was, I think, not missed among the Victorian clubs. And I'll say it just as an example, the Victorian clubs, because it was in the, it was in a room uh, that we're all in together um, when James turned up here for that meeting. And, you know, we formed AAFC five and a half years ago in great frustration, not listened to by anybody. Here we are now. The clubs were in a room with Football Australia, working collaboratively, um, speaking with the CEO, the CEO speaking with them, recognising them for what they are, uh, you know, fantastic institutions of our football institutions in this country, um, speaking the same language across the board, really, on almost every topic. Now, that wouldn't have happened and didn't happen uh, in the past. It's happening now. So when you have conversation and you understand each other, trust builds from there, I think. And when you've got trust, uh, you can work from there. So that's what we're working on. And I think there is trust, there is belief now um, coming at it both ways, from the Federation to the clubs and from the clubs to the Federation. Now, I spoke, I got a chance to speak to the uh, uh, the president of South Melbourne before he headed off overseas, like so many Victorians yep. have uh, chosen to do after nearly two and a half years of being locked down. He, had, he took the family, I think, overseas. Yep. And I wish him, wish him safe travels and a fabulous time away to recharge the batteries. But he was buoyant, on, uh, just about before he got to the aircraft, uh, to the airport to join the uh, the rest of the family and catch the, the plane to go overseas, he was buoyant because they'd signed a, a, a number of new sponsors, mm. people who they haven't had before in the game. Mm. So the, I, I'm, I agree with you. I think it's a super exciting time. Mm. And I think this is an ideal opportunity mm. to, again, with the advent in technology, uh, Lockie will tell you, 
We've got cameras, even in the last five years, we've now got cameras that can, that can showcase the game uh, that we didn't have five years ago. Lockie, jump on board and, 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 and validate that or, or am I way off the mark? No, no, ab- absolutely. I mean, the, the breadth and the scope of what is available to be broadcast, I think, at a, at a local level of football um, is yeah, e- e- even five years ago, I think, um, would not have been sort us. of conceivable. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, you know, the, the top flights of the NPL, yes, they were in play, but to be able to have interest in streaming games from the state league, friendlies, community tournaments, um, and the ease with which that can be done as well, I think, is is, is really exciting and the, the chance to sort of uh, have a you know a national and second division being part of that and 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 having different kinds of broadcasting infrastructure for that too yeah is is it's a important piece to add to the puzzle I think. And you add to that the cost factor today is not nearly as prohibitive as it may have been five years ago. And let me just say, ten years ago, I knew exactly what was required. You needed a certain lighting. Uh, you know, there had to be five hundred lux. Uh, the the cameras of the day were heavier and un, and more unwieldy. Today you've got smaller cameras that you can all mount anywhere and everywhere. Mm. You've got um, 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 the the exciting new arrival of technology like um, uh, those wonderful drones that can now be positioned uh, for for longer than twenty minutes uh, on one spot, and they can sh- and you can go to them at any time during a couple of hours. Now, those, those batteries that run those uh, you know, drones uh, five years ago were in their infancy. Today, they, they are a very different unit. And you can have more than one camera. You can have two or three cameras on board and you can direct them. And as we did uh, in a recent documentary that, that I did overseas, and we had a, a captain on the ground, a bit like Lockie, calling all the action for the cameras that were a thousand feet above. And, th- and these are these are innovations, technological advancements that put you, uh, Nick, and and all the clubs in the AAFC in a unique space because you can s- create a skin for each and every club, uh, create uh, your own branding in a in a way that people twenty thirty years ago would have scratched their head and said impossible, Nick Galatas. Well, that's right. And George, what, another another um, element of this that. We, can, we haven't touched on, but it emerges from what you've just said, is that there are people out there, there are potential sponsors out there that have ideas of what they can do with um, this platform that we don't know. You know, we don't know everything. We're just trying to build the platform. Now, how it's used, let, pe- let, it, let it go. Let people um, use it in the way that they can, in the best way that they can. And there's myriad additional uses, I think, that, that can emerge. So what, what we're really doing here is that instead of focusing the game more narrowly as we once decided to do, and again, I'm not revisiting those reasons. There may have been good reasons at the time. So that, that, that is what it was. But instead of focusing or continuing to focus the game more narrowly, um, we're really casting the net more widely. And if you do that, you allow, I think, people who are the ultimate, you know, the fans, the ultimate, you know, users of the game and, and enjoy, enjoyers and partakers of the game, the best chance to do it. Whether they want to do it at a community game on a, you know, on a Saturday, Sunday afternoon somewhere or, you know, in a second division game locally at a, at a small stadium or they want to go to a big uh, first division game somewhere, that, that's a matter for them. 
We shouldn't be telling them how to do it. Let them choose. And I think if we do that over time, we grow the game at every level and at different and at, um, and at different types of growth. So you might have people who are in it watch six games a week, and there'll be others who will watch you know one game a week, and there'll be others who will just partake every now and again. But you throw them all in together, you know, the five minute person who will watch a bit of a couple of highlights of their club in the second division versus the person who's on you know goes to four games a weekend. Now we need them all. Mm. Uh, Nick Galatas, you, 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 you put a, a really good, strong case there uh, for the way the world is changing. Mm. And can I remind you that there's a platform available right now called Optus Sport mm. that allows me to watch every game in the EPL, yep. every game in La Liga, mm. and there are other competitions available as well. Mm. And I don't have to wade through mm. hours and hours and hours mm. of footage I can now choose to go mini, mm. uh, quick, short, mm. full game, or whatever. So it's not only that you can showcase the game mm. to me; yeah. you can you can even do it depending on my appetite yeah. or my time. Mm. You know, in this day and age, we're all time poor. Yeah. We've got we don't have the concentration levels we once had, and I'm just wondering how we've managed to condition you to to think in shorter bites than ever before. I can remember a time in television where the news of the day required uh, the Prime Minister's uh, comments to, to, to go as long as 90 seconds. Today, to, today, that call or that statement from the Prime Minister would be lucky to go eight seconds. Yep. Can, you, can you get your head around that? In the better part of 30 years, we've gone from a minute and a half grab, which is what they call that soundbite, from a senior um, uh, uh, political figure or the prime minister of the day, and he could be announcing, uh, you know, that we're going to go and, and and fight in a war. Today, that grab will not be a minute and a half long. It'll be eight seconds. Except for our previous prime minister, George, he would have had to <laughs> announce. He would have had to. He would have had to talk with the ministries as well. That's six times eight. That's forty-eight seconds. Uh, you've seen all his memes, have you? <laughs> uh, well, it's been exhilarating. Look, let's get back to this. Um, in, you, you, you've made a very good point. Just in the five years that mm. the, the, the life of the AAFC has been around, mm. the, the whole ecospace has ch- changed. Mm. Technology is changing at a rapid rate. So what was difficult to consider is becoming infinitely more uh, uh, within the scope of even the smallest club, dare mm. I say it. And I don't want to, to think of big clubs and small clubs, but there'll be clubs that will have a little bit more uh, opportunity to grab um, uh, some sponsorship than some of the others. But I'm saying to you that even the smallest of those clubs will now be able to fashion a response uh, and and create an, an outlet and a platform that people will want to be able to consume. And George, they'll be able to do it pretty easily. If, and if I may, George, on that, just on small and large... Uh, let's let's not forget that Australia is still an emerging football nation, uh, unlike some of the European nations where things are fairly sure. fixed in many ways. So one of the benefits of what I think we're trying to do here, not only for the second division and for the, the initial tranche of clubs, but for clubs that will follow, well, you know, we don't know, you and I sitting here and Lockie sitting here, we don't know which clubs are going to emerge in five or 10 or 15 years. Mm. And we shouldn't know. The minute we think we know, we've already fixed the position. Yeah. Right? So <laughs> good point. Yeah, we, good point. we should just sit 
we should just set the scene and the parameters for clubs to emerge. And there's clubs in, you know, growth areas in the major centres of our country and some regional centres um, that um, have got uh, people that are moving in there, people who are very industrious, um, new migrants who want to set up their own clubs as certain groups mm. did 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago. And they should have every chance. We shouldn't have a new establishment, whether they be, you know, the old so-called uh, clubs that started 50 or 60 years ago that we know well, George. They're an establishment of sorts. Let all the new ones come through. And we don't know who will come through. Mm. So what this does, this um, approach, I just want to call it, an approach which enables and facilitates clubs to move, they become they can become big from being small. And some clubs might want to become smaller in the future. Mm. They might have a different function there. Their role might be seen somewhat differently and they might not have the ambition or the will or the drive to be out there um, putting up, putting a top-level football team on the park. They might want to get smaller. Others might see the opportunity of saying, this is me, in 15 years I'm going to win the Asian Champions League. right? And that should be open to people to do, however remote it may seem now. And that's the, I think once you've got that and you've got that sort of excitement, um, you open up opportunities that... None of us can imagine, and, that, and and if you can imagine them, we're limited already. Nick, Nick yeah, yeah. While, while you're on that yeah, go ahead. that go ahead. subject of sort of big and and small, I think in this year especially, one element of the the local footballing scene that I think have has given people a lot of hope for a national second division has been the um, continued rise through the state leagues and now the NPL system of the Preston Lions and of the crowds mm. that they have been getting to their games in the MPL three, which I think yep. would be a fair case to make that they're getting the, the best crowds of any non a league side um, mm. outside of, mm. you know, well, well, any, mm. any club in the country really. Um, and that's given a lot of people, a lot of hope, but uh, you yes. know, as someone who's going to, to two, three games of NPL Victoria uh, a week, while there are good crowds to be found at different places around the grounds, uh, the reality is that not every club looks like Preston right now. It does, I guess, the, the, the question that I'm driving at and, and something that people might be wondering, will every club have to look like a Preston in the National Second Division in order for it to hit the ground running and, and, and sort of start smoothly? Or is there um, allowances for, for variation for clubs that might not be of, of that magnitude just yet to, to build? I'm curious to know. It, it, it's anticipated, and this is common ground, this is Football Australia's model as well, it's mm. anticipated, um, uh, Lockie, that there'll be an expression of interest that'll go out maybe at the end of, towards the end of this year at some point, but, you know, in a few months, um, which will be open to anybody and everybody, but it's expected that the NPL clubs or combinations of them, but mostly the NPL clubs, uh, will be the Participants. I mean, Football Australia has already said that the, an applicant needs to have a demonstrated history with, you know, with the sport, contribution to the sport, connection to the sport. That means existing clubs. So that uh, now that expression of interest will obviously have some criteria around it. What we've advocated for most strongly, and we're still advocating for, and saying that this is the way to work, is it's two sides of the same of a coin. If you want an expression of interest to be met favourably and to be filled with applicants you need its criteria to reflect club capability. And that's what our report was about when we put it out um, some time ago now. We, we assessed and we uh, investigated our club capability and we said, right, this is where we are today. And that includes mm. a Preston, that includes, you know, the 
Tasmania and Adelaide and Brisbane. Mm. It says this is where our clubs sit. Um, and then what we are saying is that obviously we have to start somewhere. Let's start where we are at. And obviously we'll uh, 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 move along from there, uh, kick along from yeah. that position, but at least from where we are at. Because if you start arbitrarily higher than that, then you're going to stumble. You're not going to reach that first step. Mm. So if we start where we are at, and Preston is a good example of it, and there's other clubs around the country that, that can meet that standard, that might some of them might not be pulling the crowds in right now because they lack that excitement in, in their NPL that they would have in the second division, but they've got that potential, that availability of, of, of support. Mm. So that if we can strike a, um, a, a, a set of criteria um, that will reflect those clubs, but also not um, result in another silo where 12 or 14 teams might step up and then no one else can. So mm. we want to make sure that it's reachable by others. Now, that, that's the challenge here. The challenge is to, to uh, come up with a national second division that is comprised of clubs um, which, are, uh, which will together as a competition elevate um, uh, or create a new competition that is above the NPLs now. Otherwise, you know, we're not achieving much. So that's anticipated. But at the same time, uh, for it to be financially viable and likely to succeed because it reflects what the clubs can do and what they think they can do, reasonably think they can do, you know, launch with new sponsors and other, um, you know, income streams and revenues from the new competition. But at the same time, not um, dissociate themselves completely from those clubs who aren't in the first year in the uh, national second division so that if you're the first team to be promoted through a, a comp, you know, a national premier league championships at the end of the season, and you're the champion and you're from, you know, Queensland. And then you say, look, I declined to go up because I can't meet the criteria. That would be not ideal. So what we'd like to do is create that smooth pyramid as much as one can. Mm. And, you know, you, you smooth it as you go, obviously. You, yeah. you don't get it right necessarily from day one. You have to have some flexibility. So that's where it's at Lockie in that. Preston is a great example. They're, um, they're a member of ours. Uh, they're part of our, not only they a member of AFC, but they're a, a partner group member that contributed to the um, to our report most constructively. Um, they are an ambitious uh, club that is, Walking, um, walking the walk at the moment and talking mm. the talk. So, and there's many others. So that's that's very encouraging. Yeah, and to to be absolutely clear, Nick, I, I agree with everything you have to say. I, I was more taking the the point of view of someone who might have, you know, some apprehension about those sort of things. But I'm oh in, no, there in, is lucky there is. And can I look? Let's be clear. And this, I mean, I get it a lot, and you see it on Twitter. And you know, how can a second division um, succeed if the A League, you know, is struggling and the like? And, and I understand where people like that are coming from. I, I'm not critical of it, but I think that what, what everyone seems to be missing there is that we're, we're just saying, look, it's how you define it. What we are saying this competition will be, will be you know, the best of effectively of the NPL. So if you take you know, the, the initial best of, that's a crude way of putting it, obviously, in a sense, because it's not quite always like that. By that you know, but you take the, the, strong, the clubs that can meet certain criteria at a higher level, and you put them together in a competition, and then you get the multiplying factor that they're playing each other, um, you create this much stronger competition that they create more revenues. And um, the president of South Melbourne would have told you, George, I imagine I didn't hear that interview, but I, knew, I know you came on that he will say that what South Melbourne can do in a national second division is far greater than what it can do in, a, in, a, um, in, in the NPL. And there are that's, many that's other true. clubs 
around the country who have to, I know you said that because it's told me that as AFC and he will he will uh, there will be many clubs around the country who say my sponsor is telling me that if you are playing in a national competition with these other 12, 13, 14 clubs uh, and you've got national profile and you've got young great broadcasters like Lockie out there um, uh, putting us on the you know on a streaming or a broadcast platform then this is how much I can give you rather than that. So that's the sort of thing that, and then supporters will say, "I'm prepared to drive down to Lakeside or to, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, Knight Stadium or to, you know, Olympic Village or to anywhere else around the country. You know, Preston's fantastic new facility, or in any of the national ones around the country, mm. uh, because I'm going to watch X game, not Y game, and there's a huge difference, yeah, and yeah. that's that's something that's important. And I, I think a good example of, of what you're you're saying there as well, Nick, is obviously that um, partnership that South Melbourne, that commercial partnership they announced with, I think, CF Capital mm. it was, which is mm. one of the sort of largest commercial deals we've, we've seen for an NPL club, and you'd assume there's some level of anticipation of what might be to come yep. in making that deal. Do, does a, a partnership like that give you confidence that when this is set in stone. It's the thing that's going to happen. Those increased commercial deals, uh, those fans who we might not have seen follow the clubs through the NPL will be, you know, coming in alongside the clubs that make the return to the national stage. It, it does, but there's another important element of this, Lockie, that we're perhaps we're, we're jumping over, and that's that's the facilities um, benefit to, uh, that will come along. So that mm. I was recently at the game, that, you know, the, the Brisbane or Heidelberg game at Olympic Village, the, FA, the, the Australia Cup game, mm. they called it the, the Australia Cup game, uh, and you know those facilities are coming on magnificently. Now, what a club like that and other clubs around the country can do when they're in a competition like this is they can make a better business case to council, to government, to sponsors, to supporters for. Um, uh, you Good know, point. financial contributions Good. to Good um, encourage the growth in those facilities because they're not trying to persuade someone to grow a facility for 500 people, but rather for 5,000 or 3,000, and that's that's a far better proposition. And and um, and, and then you build um, little commercial hubs around them as well. When you get two, three, four thousand people going to a, a facility, you, you can see other opportunities around that, and that's where. Uh, governments and local governments um, are attracted uh, to and by. So if they've got that that pitch put to them, which uh, a national second division can um, um, can help do, then suddenly you've got the facility growth. And also, don't forget, it won't be just the initial 10, 12, 14 teams. So what we're wanting to do, if we're having this conversation Maybe not on this show because we'll all be a bit, except for Lockie, George and I will probably have me a cup of coffee somewhere discussing this <laughs> in 15 years. What we'll be saying is, look, isn't it great that there's been 25 teams that have had a taste <clears throat> of the second division? Some have come up, some have gone, but they've all been there and, they, they, and there will be the hope they can come again. So you'll have built a facility because you'll have been there. Then you might be back in the NPL, you might come back up again. And that's that's part of it all. So that you're not locking in um, centres who are, permanent, but rather you're allowing some fluidity so teams can come, go, grow, come back again. And that's, I think, uh, an opportunity. You know, you've got that great shipping facility coming through in Victoria where um, mm. we're going to have you know, the Commonwealth Games and, and other competitions. That's a fantastic facility. So that could be the hub of it. Who knows what can be done if you've got a national sector division. So um, we just want to build it and from there uh, allow the market to dictate where it, where it goes. 
Nick Gallat does as our special guest on State of Our Football Nation on FNR. He's the chair of the AAFC, uh, which is effectively a coalition of MPL clubs and uh, from across the various state federations, and including Canberra. I'm just wondering, Nick, have you been bold enough to, to, to suggest to FA, is it going to be the national second division or is it going to be A-League 2? What, what's your preference? Um, okay. <laughs> this is a discussion um, that came up really early in this, in this um, concept, uh, George. My initial, uh, where I started, right, and, I, and I'm very keen on this, it's become AAFC, the AAFC approach, was that you can't be a second, a second in anything if there's only one runner. So, you know, if you and I, if there's only one runner around the Oval, did it come first or last? Right. Um, so at the moment, while there's no connection to the A League, and there won't be initially, and that's that's understood, and, and you know, and, and there's no issue with that. I mean, you can't have. Let's wait and see how we go. So while there's no uh, connection, we can't be second. There is no second. Um, there is no first. The A League is the A League, and they are what they are. Uh, you know, I mean, we all recognise that they're the premier competition in the country, but they're not first in that in the sense of they're not first among four, five, six. So we aren't. Uh, and that's why we came up with that name a while ago, which was a championship, and it caused a bit of angst. And that was really to convey um, the the view as clearly as possible that there's no first or second in the absence of connection. So that, but having it's a, that's the first point. The second point is, I mean, the football Australia is aware of that, so they and they're approaching it in the same way, and that will be the, it, be their, the competition will be run by Football Australia. That's one of the, the conditions which we understand and accept. So um, they will you know, name and market the competition and that's all fine by us. Um, I've got a sense of what the possibility of what those names would be and I think they're all um, all good. So we won't have an issue with any of that. It will convey, of course, um, uh, there's an element of conveying where it's all going and I'll leave that to Football Australia. I mean, ultimately what we all want to see in this country is a unified game where top to bottom. So if this competition, um, national competition succeeds, and we're, we're, the way it's um, conceptualised by Football Australia is that it will sit above the NPL and below the A-League and sort of to the side of the Australia Cup, which is exactly how we can conceive of it. Um, then if it succeeds, as we think it will, um, what's the next step? And, you know, I think it's pretty obvious. So, it, But it needs to be organically reached rather than someone to mandate this is what it will be because you and I can mandate tomorrow there'll be pro rail with the A-League and if there's no good second division it won't happen and we can mandate it in 2055 and if it's good in three years it will happen sooner so it's all irrelevant in a sense let's just make this work that's what we that's what we're hoping for. you know it's it's very exciting to hear you say that uh, I, I'm, re- I'm reminded of uh, any number of discussions we've had um not only with you, but with others about this over the last couple of years. And I'm reminded about discussions I've had with people at Apia Laika, at mm. Sydney Olympic, mm. at uh, Peninsula Power, yep. and uh, in Adelaide. And I know, and we saw a tremendous derby, Australia Cup derby between Adelaide City and Adelaide United. And mm. that was gripping, gripping mm. television. Mm. Uh, you could hear the energy. You could see the desire from both clubs. And it was one cracking contest mm-hmm. that um, that that uh, that wasn't in the A League. It was an Australia Cup game, mm-hmm. and you had an A League club taking on mm-hmm. uh, one of the 
best bred DNA, uh, yeah. you know, lower tier clubs in Australia, yeah. giving them a go. And, and can you it, imagine? It was can something. Imagine, George, and that's on the park. So can you imagine? So off the park, of course, Adelaide oh. City is a huge club mm. with a huge history. Oh, yeah. what we all know it's Socceroos and its championships and everything else. And can you imagine yes. if, if, if on the park, they're competing more equally so that instead of having an MPL team uh, limited by PPS points and, and, a, and an A-League team that's got as many or, or more uh, overseas players, etc., that, you know, if you're actually competing according to your capability, and of course, an A-League team, I, you know, I always say if Liverpool rock up to some non-league side, uh, yep. for, for an FA Cup game, yes, they'll be better. But one thing you will know is that the non-league side will be putting out the best team it can unrestricted. Oh yeah, uh, and and that's and that's where we, we want to get to here. Uh, and I and I um, think we will. And look, just you reminded me of something else about that in that game. Uh, Greg Griffin, of course, uh, former A League um, boss, yep. is um, now um, I forget his role, president or chair or something of Adelaide City, uh, and um, and he's of course now member of our group in that sense. So this is a great crossover in our game. He's supporting uh, the, the National Second Division through the AAFC. Laurie McKenna, fantastic yep. uh, servant of our Tremendous game. Tremendous guy. He was, he, was, um, he was the A-League representative, George, on the National Second Division Steering Committee, which was running about three years ago. Now he's at Olympic and is part of our um, group. So Fantastic. This is I, where you know what I'm not... I was just right. going to say something else that Crossover. Lockie and I wouldn't necessarily think about, but as a former um, p- part of the team at uh, uh, South Melbourne, I can remember one of the most exciting things about our home games was the chairman's function before the game, where <laughs> yeah, you got right. you, you got to mix yep. with sponsors and you yes. got to mix with potential new clients. Yep. And I'm imagining now mm. how exhilarating and how exciting that mm. night or afternoon would have been between Adelaide City and Adelaide yep. United. Can you exactly. imagine the yep. lead-up and how many events you could have had, you know, when sponsors coming on board in a way that you wouldn't if there was yep. nothing to play for? So uh, I think there's so much more that we, we can talk about, so much more that we can look forward to. And uh, we wish you every success, Nick. Uh, Thanks, George. And, and, I'm, and I'm reminded, too, of how much the clubs that left the old uh, NSL and were not admitted back into the A-League, I remember how much they lost. They went from this national presence to being state-based organisations, and that hurt them terribly. And I'm reminded now, uh, when we ask the question, what would a national exposure mean? The sponsors would, you know, new sponsors will come on board, and there'll be others who will want to revisit some of the territory that they once, you know, uh, enjoyed and travelled on it in the past. Um, George, um, I know we're going, but you, I've got to say one more thing that you reminded me about now. I'm sorry, but this is important sort of... A, no, go ahead, go ahead. And that is, and that is the, talking about these clubs, and that is, uh, you know, what these clubs represent. And you mentioned before about, you know, the, the technology change in the last few years and how far we've come. There's another element of progress in this country that we probably haven't touched on, and that is that, Socially, we've changed enormously. So that, for example, we had the National Club Identity Policy introduced so many years ago. You can't imagine it now. Now, Football Australia very rightly got rid of it, uh, with, of course, AFC and others um, advocating for its removal. But the fact that it existed, you can't imagine. It's a bit like watching an old comedy show and you laugh at a joke that you think, <laughs> you know, would I laugh at it now? Now, it, it, it just demonstrates that we all change. And it, so this country is mm. changing enormously. One of the things that we're... 
think changing positively about is recognising our past in all sorts of different ways. Of course, with our Indigenous people, number one, but other other um, uh, you know parts of our community that have come to this country at different times, and we're recognising and celebrating our past. And a lot of these clubs that we're talking about now, uh, what England recently when they had their little kerfuffle about you know their Super League, whatever they wanted to do, in Parliament in England they they called them national. Uh, cherished national treasures or words to that effect. <laughs> and that's what we are. And it was actually in an article recently by Jonathan Wilson in The Guardian that I saw, and he called them national cherished treasures. And that's what these clubs are that we've got. And I'm happy to include everyone in that. And I'm not excluding A-League and others who, you know, over time can become the same. It's not a question of being exclusive. It's inclusive. But these clubs that were uh, built by members of our communities that came here with little and helped build Australia as a whole. Also, as part of what, you know, we celebrate Italian food and stuff. What about Italian clubs? So, and that goes across the board. So, and it's not just dancing and food. It's it's everything that, that people have contributed. And some of what they've contributed is these national institutions, uh, which is exactly what they are. So I think uh, allowing them again to grow as they can and wish, they don't have to be in the second division, but allowing them to grow as they can and wish, using their name and letting them grow is what uh, over, partially we are all about here. It's all about broadening, using sport to enable our culture to to grow as it should rather than restrict it. And I, have to, I think it's yeah. a very important part of what grow, we do. Grow and mature. That's, that's right. I think yeah. that's 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 uh, really important. Uh, and, and you're absolutely right. We're, we have changed as a nation... The country that I was born into no longer exists. Now, rightly or wrongly, it doesn't matter. That's for historians to talk about. But I can tell you, I I have a daughter. We communicate and we do a podcast together. Now, that's a way of celebrating, uh, you know, father-daughter relationships in in a manner that was not possible 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. So, So that's the other element too. Fans now can talk and play and combine and be part of a club in a manner that we couldn't 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. Uh, You can have an immersive newsroom in your club uh, run Mm. by uh, people from, you know, that from your entire fan base and they can be anywhere in the world. Yes. As long as they have real time access to the Mm. technology. Mm. I mean, I mean, look, I'm, I'm, here's the absurd case. Uh, I'm watching the EPL the other day, and more and more now, they are crossing, and they're all they're asking in their Twitter space, and and on their websites, where are you in the world watching tonight's game between, for example, Chelsea and Tottenham, mm. and and you watching people from Africa, from America, from all parts of the world, and they're now enjoying the same, uh, almost the same experience as the fan who's sitting not quite on the halfway line at at, uh, at uh, um, Stanford Bridge, but you know what I'm getting to. They're watching it now and they're participating and they're actually involved, a, a very immersive experience in a manner that was not possible uh, 10 years ago, Nick, 10 no, years ago. So the experience right. that you're about to unleash with your clubs is going to be brand new. Yes, yeah. there are some wonderful old clubs there, but I reckon the journey is going to be a brand new one. And exactly. it's there for all of them now and their new fan base 
to write it any way they want to. And that's that's exhilarating. And all of that, all of what you've just said there, George, and summarised is a very good argument why we shouldn't interfere with people doing what they can do. Let them be the best they can be, and let mm. and let people and then away and away we go. And that's really what we're about. So anyway, I thank you for the opportunity to having a, another conversation and putting out uh, and letting people know what we're up to and what we're doing, uh, and really letting you know that Football Australia is working on this now in the most serious way, and the clubs are helping and collaborating, and we're we're. I think aiming to bring it together very soon. Fantastic stuff, Lockie. Uh, I mean, amen to to what you said to the end there. If if, if clubs have the ambition to to do this and and make this work, um, regardless of the risks associated, they should absolutely absolutely be 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 given that that chance. And yeah, uh, Australian football is 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 no worse off for it um for it happening. Uh, probably the opposite. No, it's. A- I think it's uh, it's bubbling and fermenting and very exciting to hear that the discussions are, are gathering in, in, in such a way. Uh, and I uh, we laud you and we, uh, we wish you to continue to bring us good news, Nick, because um, um, as Lockie will tell you, there's some real excitement and there are some new fan bases being built yep. uh, each and every week, especially through this magnificent knockout competition called the Australia Cup. Yep. And uh, some of the contests are, are just, you know, uh, seriously exciting. And let's not forget, we've been watching most of this action through bitingly cold winters uh, that we haven't experienced in Australia for a while, no. which tells you an awful lot about the fans who are still prepared. Yeah. I mean, I went to the MCG. You you talked yeah. about the victory yep. game yep. against Manchester United. I went to the Crystal Palace Manchester United mm. at mm. the G, mm. and it was a bitingly cold Tuesday mm. night, I think. Mm. And can I say I, I I had I was I was there with two other friends and we went and dined in the uh, Jim Stein's Grill and watched the game uh, in with nearly eighty thousand fan eighty thousand fans mm. for an exhibition game, mm. right? And I think the victory had just about the same sort of audience. Was that right? About seventy eight thousand or thereabouts. It was in the seventies, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. But I, what you didn't see, and what many people did not see with the reams and teams of parents uh, outside the ground in long queues waiting to buy their son, their daughter, yeah, or their children, um, the merchandise that was available. Uh, and I'm talking jackets, caps, scarves, gloves, the whole box of dice. So let me tell you, the Women's World Cup is, is, is gathering pace. It's going to be here before we know it. The governments are now starting to talk, all manner of governments, state governments, federal government. We're hearing even councils now thinking maybe we've made the wrong decision and maybe we should look at trying to get back and, and fulfil some of the promises we made three years ago when uh, we were told that the Women's World Cup was coming to Australia and New Zealand. Um, and that, to me, is, is, is exciting because is this good. is what it's about. We've got this soccer is what it's about. Socceroos coming up in November. Uh, the Women's World Cup next year, and then we'll have a national second division up and go. Well, that's fantastic, Nick. Uh, more power to you. Let's talk again soon. Uh, don't uh, don't uh, hold back. If there's something you want to tell us, just give me a call and we'll get you up and running, okay? Thanks, George. Thanks, Lockie. Thanks a lot.